Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pod save the Queen! Hello and welcome back to Pod Save the Queen. And we have waved goodbye to Harry and Meghan after their final public engagement as senior working royals, the two of them together, with all of the royal family with them as well. So it has been a busy week for them. I'm your host, Anne Gripper. I am back from my holidays. Our friend Russell Myers is away on his but we have three excellent guests for you this week, but all um, all separately. We are all over the place in different parts of London, um, partly because of where people are working, partly because there's a bit of working from home going on with this coronavirus situation. Happily, touch wood, nobody is sick, but it's just spreading our resources around into different places. But who are these lovely people joining us this week? Well, we have two Pod Save the Queen debutantes, long-standing friends of ours though, chief feature writer at the Daily Mirror, Rachel Bletchley, makes her debut. Then we talk with Zoe Forsey, our good friend and regular, and then it is another debutante, Mirror photographer Phil Harris, who was in Westminster Abbey taking some of those pictures that you I'm sure have seen this week, including the one that we posted on uh, Pod Save the Queen Instagram, which you definitely shared your thoughts on as well. So we'll share those later in the show too. But first up, Let's start with the goodbye. So, hello, Rachel Bletchley. Welcome to the podcast. Daily Mirror's chief feature writer and also columnist on the Sunday People. Great to have you with us. Hello, lovely to be with you. I've been wanting to get you on the podcast for a little while because you've been writing probably even more in your column about um, Harry and Meghan since their big announcement that they were going to have a major change in their lives and with Russell Myers off this week it was you that was tasked with watching their final their sort of final public goodbye if you like to those senior royal roles on Monday with the Commonwealth Day service um tell me a little bit about what you saw watching that and how you found that event well I actually found it quite sad surprised myself rather because I have been a bit cheesed off with the way Meghan and Harry dropped their bombshell on the Queen. Um, and I've considered them to be a bit petulant, really. And yeah, I've been quite critical of them. But watching the service, I just felt really, really sad for Harry. He, the body language was fascinating. He, he was looking at the backs of the heads of the, this family that he's been a part of all his life and is now stepping away from. Um, and William looked really upset. It was just, I found it very sad. And there was so sort of minimal interaction. I know I know the royals act differently in those formal settings and William and Kate were sitting very much on the front row and they ha- couldn't really spend too much time saying hello and how are you because they were waiting for Charles and Camilla and the Queen to walk down the aisle as well. But it just felt just weird and distant, I guess. Yeah, I thought that was particularly telling. So in the past two years when... Uh, Meghan and Harry, um, William and Kate have been at that Commonwealth service. Uh, They have arrived, as the royals always do, in order of precedence. uh, And then they have waited at the the Great West Door of Westminster Abbey by the Tomb of the Unknown Warrior for the rest of the royals to arrive and then wait for the Queen and then process up the aisle together. And last year, I, I look back at the footage of it, actually, it was very 
very lovey-dovey, very kissy. Everyone was kissing each other. Megan was heavily pregnant and rubbing her baby bump. And it was all very intimate. Now, we understood that this year, Megan and Harry would make their own way up to their seats. And then uh, William and Kate, Charles and Camilla would join the Queen in the procession. But that something went wrong that was what was printed in the order of service and then at the last minute we were told actually uh, William and Kate are going to make their way separately to their seats as well that looks to me as if they did that because they didn't want to make a big deal of the split so you could look at it that way but then if they wanted to give uh, the impression that nothing was wrong they could have interacted a little bit more when they all sat down together. There was a very cursory nod from William, who sort of went along the row behind him, nodded to Sophie Wessex, hello, hello to Edward, hello to Megan, hello to Harry, and that was about it. Megan came along, uh, Kate came along, said hello, Megan, sat down, and then looked straight ahead or down at her order of service. So it was, it was tense, I thought, the body language. Not sure what's gone on there. And then when it came to sort of the goodbye as they were, you know, walking out of the West, you know, Westminster Abbey, one of the great cathedrals in our, in our city. And I, there was a moment when sort of Megan, when she was waiting at the beginning of the service, kind of, lo- it looked like she was sort of looking around and taking it all in and maybe thinking, oh yeah, you know, really this is the last time I'm going to be sitting here doing this in this way. And actually, you know, actually this is pretty beautiful and quite, special and it looked you know slightly sort of poignant or thoughtful when she was was doing it maybe but then you know they kind of they left and a little wave and and jumped in the car and and that was that really yes I think well if we're thinking of people looking around and you know uh, reflecting on the history and the all the events that have taken place there imagine what was going through Harry's head he sat there in that pretty much in the same spot at his mother's funeral. Uh, He sat there again with William as his best man at the wedding. That abbey has been a pivotal point of royal life of the monarchy since 1066. Um, It is the, it's it's called a royal peculiar. Um, It is a, a, a special royal place of worship. And he looked to me like he's, He's still torn about this decision. Um, and, and who on earth asked Craig David to sing Unbelievable? Because I was even listening to the lyrics of that. And, you know, without being too cheesy, there was Craig David singing, um, you know, I've met, I've met somebody I love. You know, I'm in love. You complete me. But I never thought I'd be in this situation. I'm paraphrasing it slightly. And you could see them, you know, both Meghan and Harry nodding along to that. Um, it must have been a really strange moment for both of them. But as far as Megan thinking, well, yeah, I'm not going to be part of this again. Goodness me, she went out on a high, though, didn't she? That dress was spectacular. And the outfits that she's worn all this week have been, well, beautiful. In fact, I think Vanity Fair magazine was, was saying um, this is her revenge wardrobe. Don't know what you think about that, whether she is taking revenge on the royal family. But Gosh, she looks spectacular. I thought. I think it's. I think I'd call it going out with a bang rather than rather than a revenge wardrobe because you know the attention on them this week has been you know probably even bigger maybe than at the time of the wedding. So they would know they would be photographed and seen around the world, and they've had all of these little touches with um, the there was the green lining of Harry's suit, and you know, question was was Meghan's dress did she pick that one to match Harry's suit or did Harry have the suit to match Meghan's dress which way round it was who knows but it was a that sort of togetherness in their wardrobes all all weeks that you've had you've had the blue phase you've had the red phase and then you've had the green phase it was definitely matched yeah definitely I'd say I mean that red red dress that she wore to match his uh mess dress from the um the the Royal Marines um I mean they they looked incredible um they don't need to sort of do anything extra to get the the media coverage obviously but goodness me they must have known how those images would look very very striking although there was a there was a side-on shot I saw of the green outfit where it looks actually maybe it didn't 
fit quite as well it looks a bit sort of bunched up at the back so it's interesting when you see the the sort of the little details of it um going back to what you were saying about the the craig david song that was chosen (laughs) the um the anthony joshua address as well i thought was really interesting um the kind of the differences and the cultures coming together and people being able to achieve things together and celebrating difference and sort of all being part of the same family was kind of the message that I was taking from the kind of things that he was talking about. What did you kind of make of that? Yes, I mean, the theme of Commonwealth Day this year and of the service was um, was was family. I, I can't remember the exact wording now, but it was um, about... Uh, innovation and connection but all about the commonwealth family and that's something that from the very outset we knew that megan was really keen to be involved in and the, i think the queen thought that megan and harry were you know going to be pivotal in that role she made them chairman i think I think it's chairman and vice chairman of her commonwealth trust positions that they still hold and presumably they I don't know. Will they still do work in that area? But that was that was a, a sad point that we thought they weren't going to be. They may not be involved as much in this institution. That must have been going through the Queen's mind as she sat there, because we know that this is a a very important day for her every year. In fact, I was there myself forty years ago as a schoolgirl, um, sitting in the front row at the gosh, I'm old. Um, sitting in the front row at that service. It's always been really, really important to her. Um so yeah, there was an added poignancy from from that as well, I think. Oh goodness, who was there forty years ago? Would that would that have been Diana's first one? No, gosh no, well before that. Um so I would have been sixty fifteen coming up to sixteen. And I don't think Diana was on the scene until the following year because I was 17 when they when they got married. But there I was in my hat borrowed from my Auntie Marion because we didn't have to wear our school uniforms that day. So I thought I'd go, you know, full royal. Um, and the Queen walked past, looked at me, nodded. Um, it was it was a lovely day. It was a very special occasion. And for all those children, obviously, uh, sitting there on Monday, you know, I thought, goodness, you know, they're enjoying it too. But um Yes, it, it it matters a lot to the Queen, that service. There were lots of cute little waves going on as well for both, yeah. you know, William and Kate and Harry and Meghan walking down the aisle. Um, so you, so I, w- I was trying to work out where we were in the Royal Continuum because I know it's my 40th birthday this year and Diana and Charles got married sort of around then and just tried to do very fast, fast <laughs> maths in my head. But so, you know, you have you have seen Harry grow up. So, for, you know, for me, he's a bit like my cheeky little brother mm-hmm. um like my nephew whereas... same age as my <laughs> oldest nephew actually so how I don't know how do you how do you feel looking at him as he embarks on this new phase of his life sad as I as I said at the beginning um he he's always been I think he's always been our our favorite royal prince I mean you know from the moment he was born he was cheeky the little cheeky red-haired prince we saw him we saw him dressed up in his soldier uniforms um we've heard all those lovely stories from ken wharf the the uh the former protection officer about harry going off in his soldier's outfit down kensington high street with his walkie-talkie he was always a bit different and he had that ability to to do that because he was you know the spare as opposed to the air um clearly troubled you know his mother's death had a massive impact on him um her coffin came out with the the flowers on the top and the little note mummy that harry had written and then seeing him walking behind the the coffin it was you know heartbreaking but i think uh, this decision to leave well we know that this decision to to leave the royals is based on on that struggle that he's still going through over his mother's death i mean he he genuinely believes that his wife and child are unsafe um, or aren't going to be able to lead a normal life. Um, and he's terrified that the same thing's going to happen to them. But I think that's unrealistic and I, I wish he'd had more help to get over that. Um, so, yeah, it's I, I just feel really, really sad. But I'm not sure it's going to be the last that we, we see of him. We know that the Queen is keeping open his... Um, 
his military roles or rather she's not going to have them filled for 12 months uh, and they're going to review the whole situation in 12 months so could there be a change of heart I hope so so it's I think um a lot of people have sort of said seeing them in their farewell tour these last few days it has really emphasized what what the royal family and what the country is losing Yes, I think so. Um, And I was looking back really over the, well, 40 months really since um, we first knew that uh, Meghan and Harry were actually an item. Um, And in those 40 months, how, well, Meghan and Harry have, they have changed the monarchy, undoubtedly. Um, They, when we first saw them together in, I think it was December 16, they're out on a theatre trip together and there they were in their, you know, jeans and combat jackets and woolly hats looking sort of very normal and ordinary. And then they came out um, as a couple in September at the Invictus Games. And, you know, you remember that with her ripped jeans and a white shirt and their body language was very different to anything we'd seen um, from members of the royal family. And from, you know, from then on, it was a very, very different approach. Uh, the engagement, we we saw in that interview how she was going to use her voice and was very comfortable and confident in, in speaking out. Um, and then December that year, at Sandringham for the first time when that famous Fab Four picture was taken, we thought, goodness me, this is the, the these four, they are the, the faces of a, a new monarchy and it's all very exciting and you know gosh look what let's see what the future's going to hold but then it all went a bit wrong really didn't it so if if auntie rachel could speak to to nephew harry Mm. and give him a little bit of sort of advice or hopes for what he does next to make a success of this new life which he's you know he's mentioned previously that he wants to he'd be interested in life outside the royal family and he's embarking on this new adventure what um what would you say to him to be honest i'd probably say <laughs> think again to be honest because I, I i my gut instinct is that he's not going to be happy completely happy away from his family may you know have this take this 12 months see how things go don't burn any bridges don't do any ridiculous massive corporate deals that are going to you know embarrass the queen or 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 the the, the monarchy generally um take it as breathing space and then review it in 12 months like the queen wants you to do um but you know he would never take advice from 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 me um as a journalist as well and you know because he he feels that we the media have have well we he, i think he thinks that you know we were all responsible for what happened to his mother and that we're never ever going to to let him have any peace so um we would always differ in a, in our opinions on that so i think the one thing that sort of the positive happy element within the body language in those two front pews that was being mm. so heavily scrutinized earlier in the week harry and megan when they were chatting and laughing you could see a, you could see a closest closeness there and i guess you have to just hope that that is enough to sustain them as they embark on this on this new life do you think so? I thought, I thought it was more not strained. I thought Harry was less um, touchy feely and less engaged with her than he normally is. There were a couple of nice sort of glances, but I don't know. I just thought he looked distracted. Um, she, she certainly, you know, was all smiles. Uh, and when they came out at the end, that was lovely because again they were chatting to the children. And Harry was joking more then. Maybe it was just that he was sitting in the abbey knowing that the you know, the cameras and the eyes of the world were on him sitting behind his brother and wondering what that interaction was going to be like. So once they were out of the abbey and back in their sort of comfort zone with the children, you know, having a laugh, um, then maybe it was just a, a great big few. Thank God that's over. And I guess we've got an early sign of uh, things not necessarily being able to be easy outside when you're um you know in this new life with questions about the security or the kind of decision making with the the russian pranksters that managed to get through with a hoax call pretending to be greta Thunberg and her dad which is i don't know it's there's there's bits of it which are 
unfortunate and embarrassing really there's a bit there's a line where it sounds like he's having a bit of a dig at at William and and the Queen over environmental stuff just in terms of the phrases that he used which might be an accident because I don't know whether he knows the exact wording that the Queen used to talk about the environment at Christmas with um, small steps and although he doesn't he would know that William's launched his Earthstrop prize but you know that kind of hoax pool situation on the first day essentially after their last royal engagement is a bit of a shock to the system maybe yes and I was in two minds about it a little bit yesterday part of me briefly wondered um yes I'm pretty sure he he was convinced this was who he was speaking to Greta and her dad but did he one did he think that there was a possibility that that conversation was being recorded and would would come out later somehow or be reported because I don't think he said anything that we don't all already know um yes he got duped a bit by the uh you know the penguins shipping penguins off to the north pole or south pole or whatever it was and there were a few awkward things there but we know that he's not a fan of donald trump and certainly megan isn't we know that from that reception that was held at buckingham palace when trump was over here and harry stood in the background looking a bit sour-faced and megan had oh, accidentally on purpose got another engagement and couldn't go um and is it now that they're away from the royals uh, out now that they're forging their own role, um, does he feel he's free to say that he thinks Trump has got blood on his hands, as he did? I don't know. I felt a bit a bit confused about that because I I don't think he will be as embarrassed by it as some of the um, commentators are saying. Well, maybe we'll just have to try and dig out dig out whatever his phone number is over on Vancouver Island or wherever he ends up next and try and just give him a ring up for the podcast. That, and was, see if we- that, that was the more worrying thing that, um, you know, the, it's proof that uh, without the, um, the Buckingham Palace staff and the wiser heads there, um, are they going to make errors like this again? Because, you know, that call should have been vetted. He shouldn't have been able to email directly from his own email account unless that had been vetted um i think you know they it it proves that they are going to need security um and security that i for one don't think that we should be paying for no and canada has said they're going to stop paying once they stop being senior royals so all a lot still to be still to be worked out in this new adventure um and i'm sure we will both be following it closely and um, Rachel it's been a delight to have you on the show for the first time I hope it will not be the last time we'll get you back again soon lovely look forward to speaking to you again soon it's great to hear from Rachel and never fear I did ask her if there was a picture of her in her auntie Marion's hat but sadly with people not having cameras on their phone back then um she well she certainly claims there isn't a picture so sadly we are deprived of that but uh with so much going on with the Sussexes over the last week uh I also caught up with Zoe to talk a little bit more about some of their other engagements hi Zoe this is a bit experimental because we're doing uh whatsapp voice notes to each other as the technology has finally defeated us so uh bear with us listeners and lovely Daniel Jackson who is going to have to stitch this all together sorry Dan um but obviously it has been a big weekend uh sort of five days maybe that the Sussexes have been with us on their farewell series of visits really there's been a combination of uh public and private events and what's really stood out for you hello yes well you've got to love technology haven't you um but yeah it's been a really busy week actually um we've kind of gone from one extreme to the other we obviously haven't seen megan out and about publicly uh since the end of last year and then we've had a real treat this week because we've seen her on several occasions and um, they've had a real kind of mixture of things actually they've both done things together and they've also both had their own solo engagements as they kind of say their goodbyes and their farewells to all the charities they've been working with um they've had some really fun ones harry in particular so he went to abbey road studios which is obviously famous for the beatles and recorded with um bon jovi which looked like it was a lot of fun um we saw him on the mics but unfortunately they haven't um released any of the soundtrack of him singing which is very disappointing um and he also went to silverstone uh where he um with 
race car legend Lewis Hamilton, which lots, looked lots of fun. But the ones that kind of really got people talking and that were definitely the most interesting were the joint engagements. So the first was the Endeavour Fund Awards, um, which celebrate injured veterans' kind of sporting achievements. Then we had the Mountbatten Festival of Music, which is at the Royal Albert Hall. And then obviously, of course, we had Commonwealth Day on Monday. So three really different but really exciting joint engagements for them. And they largely seem to have been greeted really warmly, people excited to have them back. They've each mentioned, I think, at different times how, you know, it's nice to be back. Um, but there was a little bit of, I think there was one heckler at the shouting from the Endeavour Fund crowd. And then uh, you could also just see they had a standing ovation when they arrived for the uh, for the concert on the Saturday night. And there's a, there's a video circling on uh, Twitter, which is just super zoomed in on their hand-holding, where you can see sort of the amount of uh, emotional squeezing and thumb rubbing and all sorts that's that's going on there as they are dealing with a really, you know, it must be every event that they're going to is emotional. Yes, yeah, so one of Prince Harry's friends has apparently said that the Duke is finding these, you know, this farewell tour very emotional and it's completely understandable, really. It's, it is different for Meghan. It's been her life for the last, you know, kind of two and a half years. But for Harry, this is all he's ever known. He spent his whole life going to engagements, meeting people, lots of the charities that he's saying goodbye to are charities and organisations he's worked with for years and years and years and has formed really close friendship and ties with, you know, the people behind them. So it's understandably quite a difficult time for him but it's obviously been very clear as well that he's got Megan by his side they've arrived at all of them as you know it's kind of normal for them now they've always been holding hands there's been lots of really sweet moments and um, as you said when they did arrive at the Endeavour Awards there was one lone boo but it didn't seem to bother them at all and um, it was raining when they got there and there was that stunning photo of you know Harry kind of holding the umbrella as they walked in and Megan was in that beautiful blue dress um, and you could just see the rain around them it's a photo has got a huge on social media people love it and it just it was a really really powerful snap from the evening actually um the Endeavour Awards were a really fun night by the sounds of it um it's the third time the couple have actually attended them um it's obviously a cause that's really close to Harry's heart um but there were lots of really lovely moments. They both spoke during the event. And my, my highlight actually was there was a wedding proposal uh, which took everyone by surprise. Um, Welsh Guards veteran Dan, Danny Holland, who's 29, um, from North Wales, actually proposed to his lovely girlfriend, Lauren Price, um, when he was on stage picking up his award. Um, it was really nice, actually. You could see, I'm not sure if you've seen any of the videos, Anne, or the clips, but Megan kind of looks, you know, it was really like, oh, you know, put her hands on her heart and everything. It was lovely. And and um, they actually requested to speak to the couple privately afterwards to kind of congratulate them. So that was really lovely and a really special moment, I think, for them to have, you know, in, in one of their last engagements. Oh, you've got to love a proposal. That is always good fun and a very sweet moment. Um, so what did you make of the event at the Albert Hall? Um, it has to be said, Megan was looking just as spectacular at that one with some added cake action, which I think our listeners know I am a fan of. That's been one of her signature looks that she has really brought to the royal family and which we've enjoyed so much. Um, we might try and squeeze in a little fashion special at some stage to look back on the fashion so far this year. But um, what did you make of the event itself and what happened there? Yes, so this was another lovely event. And um, the, the main thing about this for me is obviously it was, you know, the outfits. And um, this was an, set to be another kind of really emotional um, event for Ham Harry probably because it was actually, it could be the last time we ever see him wearing his full um, Captain General uniform, which is obviously his, his royal military title, um, which is that really kind of striking red outfit, um, which Meghan, uh, you know, coordinated her dress too. So as they walked in, it was a really powerful shot actually. And um, obviously, we know that as part of the agreement reached with the Queen, um, Harry isn't losing his military titles. However, he won't use them in the same way that the couple won't use their titles of the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. Um, so it's a really nice um, event. They had the opportunity to meet lots of um, military personnel. It actually marks the 75th anniversary of the end of the Second World War. Um, and it was being held to raise money uh, for the Royal Marines charity, um, which is a, you know, a really great cause. So it looks like it was a lovely evening. Obviously, the Royal Albert Hall is beautiful. So it was a very lovely, glitzy event, you know, kind of a, well, much better than my Saturday night, to be honest. It looks like it was a lot of fun. 
Rachel and I talked quite a lot about the event at Westminster Abbey on Monday and we'll get the photographer's view uh, shortly with Phil Harris as well, who was taking some of those famous pictures inside. But was there anything that particularly caught your eye at the Commonwealth Day service? Yes. So obviously Commonwealth Day on Monday was the, you know, the big one, the one that everyone was waiting for. It's the first time we've seen all the rules together. So I think all eyes were kind of glued to see how, you know, the Queen and other members of the royal family, um, you know, were with Meghan and Harry, because there's been so much reporting of upset and disappointment and, you know, kind of things like that behind the scenes. But um, yeah, it was obviously very different to last year's event, uh, which I know you've already spoken about with Rachel, so I won't go over that again. But and there are a few lovely moments for me, actually. Uh, one of my highlights was when um, Charles and Camilla walked in, you saw Meghan do, you know, they all curtsied for the Queen, but Meghan was the only one who curtsied to her father-in-law Prince Charles as well and you know the two have said to have a really good relationship they've you know kind of bonded over lots of lots of issues including climate change and things like that so it was a really lovely moment if she really beamed when she caught eyes with Charles which was lovely and so that was a real highlight for me I really enjoyed that and also uh, just to mention Kate's hat which I thought was lovely Uh, that kind of red and purple kind of wine coloured almost I think is the the term that's being thrown around by people that know a lot more about fashion than I do and but yeah with the kind of rose details I thought that was really beautiful and her hair looked amazing as well and we obviously when she was in Ireland we saw her new haircut which is I think probably the shortest we've ever seen it and but that was really lovely and it was nice she kind of had it in that beautiful updo which looked very very fancy and a few comments uh, lots of royal kind of eagle-eyed royal viewers uh, spotted a similarity between Meghan's beautiful kind of emerald green dress and one that Princess Diana wore uh, for Trooping of the Colour when she was pregnant with Prince William and that's it you know it was really nice to see the two their hat in particular or the fascinator even was very very similar with all the netting on Um, I'll pop a picture of that actually on the um, on the Pod Save the Queen Instagram account because it was really lovely actually in a nice comparison for one of her final well for her final engagement um, with the royals um, and I know you mentioned briefly about Kate and Meghan William and Harry when they came back together again but I actually spoke to body language expert Judy James earlier in the week so I've just got a few lines of what she said um, because she you know also meant you know noticed the tension between them which I think quite a lot of people did um, she actually said it was a rather odd greeting ritual uh, according to Judy Harry and Meghan looked more genuinely cheerful with and Harry especially though a really affectionate smile from Kate. But when it was William, you could see Harry was slightly more rigid and his lips were closed. Um, So yeah, that's just a bit of insight from a body language expert on it, really. Oh yes, friend of the podcast, Judy James. We're long overdue having Judy back on again, actually. So we must get in touch with her because there's plenty to talk about, clearly. Um, Yes, I was a huge fan of Kate's look as well. That updo was beautiful and... uh, Again, people have were very quick to spot. I knew I'd seen that uh, coat somewhere before, but I couldn't quite remember. And it was actually another outing with the Sussexes, so one of the Sandringham Christmas outings. So interesting to choose a rewear for that last um, that sort of last public encounter, as it were. Um, the public engagements all went off pretty smoothly, uh, all things considered, although the Meghan's private engagements have probably caused slightly more of a stir. The engagements themselves went off really well. Um, There's a lovely moment where the uh, schoolboy got up on the stage and gave her a big hug and then apologised afterwards to Harry for cuddling his wife and sort of saying, oh, she's beautiful. She's beautiful in it um, in a in a very uh, endearing manner. Um, but those, so those uh, images and video were held back to be released uh, for the Sunday newspapers to deal with the uh, to work with International Women's Day. Um, and it was also uh, in the notification about it, people saying that it was being done to um, make sure there was kind of a clear air for Camilla's big uh, domestic abuse uh, speech. But as it turned out, there was another engagement and the pictures from the National Theatre, uh, Megan's visit again, were released on social media on the day of Camilla's speech, which caused a bit of a stir and uh, Russell certainly had wrote a story over the weekend that it had caused some degree of upset behind the scenes. And again, it's just that illustration of the 
different branches of the family who are competing for the same space in the public eye, really, and how that coordination is going to work from now on. So, uh, yeah, your thoughts on that and also the events themselves. Yes, yeah, so this this was a, an interesting one, actually. It was Russell's exclusive in the paper. Um, but we, it did, you know, it sounds like it did cause, uh, you know, quite a bit of upset behind behind palace walls. And you can understand why, really. And it's something that Camilla, you know, issues surrounding domestic violence is something that Camilla is very passionate about. She's spoken about it a lot. Uh, it's something that she's worked behind the scenes on um for you know a you know really long time so this was meant to be a big a big day for her and so obviously when the photos of Megan came out um you can understand sources said that you know she was very very disappointed and this is exactly the reason why the royal calendars are worked out so you know precisely to make sure that each engagement each event um for these causes that the royals are so passionate about get the kind of you know, the space in the paper, on the news websites, everywhere, and, and that they don't clash to, you know, so one doesn't take anything away from the other. And um, But they were, you know, both lovely events. And it was, you know, just a bit of a shame, really, that it ended up kind of this, you know, this ended up being the main stories rather than rather than the work they were doing. Obviously, this episode of Pod Save the Queen has been very focused on the departure of the Sussexes, but we will look to do something more specific on Camilla's work in the uh, domestic abuse field before too long, because it is really important and affects a lot of people. So it'd be interesting to explore that a little bit further. While we are talking WhatsApp voice notes, uh, we've got an idea for you, lovely listeners, for a way for you to get involved. I was wondering whether you could please record a little voice note on your phone and send it to us via WhatsApp. If you heard my phone ping there, that was not one arriving just yet because I've not yet given you the phone number. And that phone number is 077 692 47470, country code plus 44 for the UK. And what we'd like to hear about is your close encounters with the royal family. We very much enjoyed hearing Dan Martin's in, uh, encounter with the Queen last week uh, in the episode about what it's like when the royals come to your town and you're a reporter and have to go report on it. So that is his in close encounter with the royals. I don't think I've had one yet. I must work on this. This is no good. Uh, but we would love to hear yours. Where have you seen the royals, met the royals? Have they come to your school? Did you go queue up on the uh, on the mall for one of the royal weddings or any any occasion that was royal and special to you? And if you send us a little voice note and a picture, if you've got one from the time, then that would be very exciting. So let's see if you can send us some wonderful things. We'll look forward to getting your messages. We've had some great messages on Instagram and Twitter as ever. So thank you for sending those over. But uh, branching out into the WhatsApp world now. Finally, Zoe, it's fair to say that the one thing definitely missing from this farewell from the Sussexes was baby Archie. He didn't make the trip over with them. Understandable, really, in the uh, in these times of coronavirus, which has got us ping ponging WhatsApp messages to each other to get this pod get this podcast done. But certainly a shame, and obviously. Uh, a rare opportunity it would have been for his grandparents and great grandparents to see him. We obviously don't know what private visits they might arrange in future, but certainly the Queen and Prince Philip don't travel abroad anymore. So they are going to be reliant on when, if and when Harry and Meghan might come back again in the future. Yes, lots of people, myself included, to be honest, were quite disappointed that we didn't get to see Archie as part of this farewell tour. Um, we understand that he stayed, you know, stayed in Canada uh, with his nanny and kind of other friends um, as he did last time they came over. Um, so we'll have to wait to, to see um, little Archie again next time. It'll probably, I'm assuming or kind of guessing it will be in photos that the couple release maybe in the coming months. Um, but yeah, it was a bit of a shame. Uh, several royal critics have kind of really, really hit out at the decision actually and said that the couple should have 
brought him back so that he could spend time with the Queen and Prince Philip. Um, but, you know, it's, it, again, it's, it's a long journey. There's jet lag. As you said, there is everything at the moment with uh, coronavirus. So there's kind of arguments on both sides, really. Um, but talking of the Queen, really, can I just do a very quick shout out to one of the best outfits I think I've seen her in? This is completely off topic. I do apologise. But have you seen, Anne, the photos that were taken on Wednesday of the Queen? She had a audience with... Um, Mark Compton, Professor Mark Compton at Buckingham Palace and she is wearing an incredible red and pink dress which is just fantastic. It was really bold, you know, obviously we know that she loves a bright colour but this was one of my favourites, kind of, uh, you know, four big squares of bright colour and I thought she looked lovely and it was a really, really strong look for a while. So yeah, sorry, completely off, off on a tangent there but I couldn't, I couldn't not mention that one. That is a thoroughly acceptable tangent. And in fact, it was interesting as well because the Queen had gone back to handshaking after the lack of handshaking in Westminster Abbey when we'd seen Prince Charles doing that namaste gesture, which people seem to really like that he uh, he chose that one. And also in that picture of uh, the Queen, there is a Harry and Meghan picture hiding somewhere as well. <laughs> yes, um, I actually wrote a story about this, uh, which prompted lots of laughter from our picture desk who... Um, complimented my eyesight for spotting it in there and it's the same picture she always has there obviously we know that the photo uh, the queen has uh, tables covered in lots of photos and um, in this room where she does all these audiences and that she always kind of rearranged them and it's often the subject of lots of kind of conversation and debates but um it was the picture of Meghan and Harry which is one of their we believe it was taken at the same time as their engagement but it wasn't one of the ones that was officially released it was the picture of Meghan's wearing the kind of light blue dress and um, but yes yeah, so it was still still on the side still in pride of place which is really lovely to see you know kind of obviously amid all these reports of upset and tension and things like that and the queen has always been very keen to sort of emphasize that they remain very much a part of the family even if they are not part of the working royal family as such so well anyway i think that's quite enough of our, our whatsapp to and fro i don't think we'd want to be doing it this way every week but hopefully it's uh, it's worked out OK. I'm sure our lovely listeners will let us know if they never want it to happen this way again. And I'm sure Dan will definitely do that if this is now an absolute nightmare to stitch together. Yes, uh, hopefully we can be back in the studio soon. It's not not quite the same being, you know, doing it from the opposite sides of London, really, is it? Um, but yeah, sorry, Dan, for giving you a very, very long editing job on this one. But thanks. <laughs> So great to catch up with Zoe as well and worth all of the technical shaking about that we had at the beginning. Um, I hope that you found the WhatsApp to and fro okay. We haven't put it together in a Harry and John Bon Jovi living on a prayer styly. Uh, right, our last guest of the day will be Phil Harris who had the prime slot really on the Royal Rotor inside Westminster Abbey to take the pictures during the service and he tells us about what he saw through his camera and uh, and, and about the process of taking those pictures but first a lot of you commented on that really striking photo that I posted on the Podsafe Instagram and I just wanted to share a couple of those comments so Heather Sheridan said this photo just breaks my heart I truly want to believe they're okay but seeing Kate and Harry not embrace broke my heart since they are so close and I want to believe and really think it was a bad angle and Kate did say hi and smile to Megs. Uh, my Best Vintage Life podcast is probably something we can all relate to. I think no matter what happens in my life, I'll be grateful to not have my awkward moments televised or photographed like this. Um, Sharkushka says they're members of a family and that means their relationships are just around the sharp edges of emotional ties and differences. Life is long, things change and people adjust. I wish them all well. Lots of Tot says, I mean, I definitely think Harry and Meghan deliberately isolated themselves, starting by movie twins in the first place. Kate was hugging and chatting with Meghan back in Christmas 2018 and last year's Commonwealth Day service. This year she barely looked at them. I truly pity the Sussexes. I don't think they fully understand what they got into and we do know they didn't get what they wanted, so I doubt their ventures will be successful, though I certainly hope they will. I think the British royal family will take a sigh of relief but also wipe a tear on 31st of March. Sandra Blauman says Harry looked quite down in some pictures anyways, in total contrast to his wife, who seems very happy now. I think the change will be a lot more challenging for him, but somehow I don't think we will see them less, hopefully with less drama. 
Heather Potts says, we knew there was tension between the brothers, sadly, but so sad to see what appeared to be it between Harry and Kate. I hope Harry and Meghan find peace and happiness and bridges can be rebuilt. But from personal experience, that type of distance is not helpful. Seaglass, 1603, says, it looks like it's hitting him, but he doesn't seem to have the ability to stop the runaway train. Uh, P. Walters says, in all the photos from the Sussexes' final engagements, Meghan looks elated and victorious over the separation from the royal family. Harry seems subdued and resigned, a painful ending for Princess Diana's beloved boys. And I think um, Daniel 247 summed it up very nicely. Margaret Daniel, she said, Harry looks thunderous, Meghan looks victorious, Kate looks resigned, and William looks grim. So, the man who was looking throughout that service right down his camera lens at the royals was phil harris daily mirror photographer and he joined me on the phone earlier this week so hello phil welcome to pod save the queen for your first appearance ian vogler is no longer our only photographer guest thank goodness for that (laughs) So you you basically drew a pretty a good ticket for Monday. It was an absolutely historic day, and you had prime spot really to watch it all unfold. What yeah, was it indeed. like being there? Ah, uh, indeed, I uh, I muscled in on Mr. Vogler's uh, gig. Um, I think he was doing a hostile environment course, so he wasn't available. So um, I knew about two days before that I'd got the rotor position uh, for the inside of Westminster Abbey, which is quite a good spot i've not worked there before and um i've not been up in the uh, in the uh, in in the in the gods so um yeah it was it was an experience you afraid of heights uh no luckily not 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 when i'm secure and i've got a nice platform to sit on it's not a problem like could you could you feel that it was a different and sort of historic day what was the atmosphere like arriving and then being in the abbey for that service yeah well to start with we um we thought that uh, Harry and Meghan were going to be shown to their seats uh, separately from the royal party, but uh, as it transpired, they changed arrangements at the last minute and included them in the procession. So uh, that made life a little bit easier, as I only had to I only had to look in one one spot as a, as opposed to trying to look at two places at once and work out where they were going to come from, uh, which is always awkward when there's only one of you and you've got no one else there to to back you up and uh, and cover another another angle if you need it so you know it was a very historic day did you get a feeling of that in the atmosphere what was it like being up there watching it all unfold yeah it was it was incredible um these these set pieces are always uh, always amazing to watch uh the detail and the organization that goes into them is is, is is amazing um it did feel um kind of poignant that um harry was on his on his way out of, of royal life uh, as an official royal um i I've, I've photographed the royals over the years i'm not a specialist i'm a general news photographer uh, but i do often photograph the royals it, it, both officially and unofficially um and um yeah it's a shame to, to see to see harry uh it, it, you know in that with that with that kind of atmosphere between him and, and the rest of his family it, it was quite obvious that that there was tension there um megan looked like she knew what was going on and she was happy with the situation Harry looked like he was having second, not second thoughts, but he was deep in thought. Uh, William oh, just kind of didn't really acknowledge him throughout the service. And Kate just looked like thunder for the whole time. She didn't acknowledge uh, Megan as far as I could see. Um, she, she, you know, she kept her, her eyes straight ahead. Um, so, yeah, it was quite a tense, quite a tense moment. It's quite a difficult one to balance, probably, when you're trying to photograph an event like that. You're one of very few people there to take photos. And the thing that most people care about and that you know is going to be the big pictures are, you know, William and Kate and Harry and Meghan or any interactions between those senior royals and those sort of two front rows. But obviously you've got the Queen there as well and Charles and Camilla. And how, how are you trying to sort of balance all of that? When I was shown to my spot, um, there was I was shown where the royal party were going to sit, so I knew I needed to be as far to the left so I could get as much front angle as possible on those on those on that group of seats. Um, I was aware that obviously Boris Johnson, the Prime Minister, was going to be there. Craig David was going to be there, and and many other uh, dignitaries, important people. Um, but you know, you know straight away as, as a news talk, you know that there's, there, 
you pick the story, you know what the story is, and you kind of concentrate on on on, on that part of, of what you're doing. Um, there are things going around. I, I snatched a couple of pictures of Boris Johnson while he was doing his his, his address. Uh, a couple of pictures of Craig David, but generally I was I was trying to concentrate uh, all my efforts on on the interactions between the royals, between the Queen, Charles, Camilla, uh, Harry, Meghan, Will's Kate. Um, and just trying to trying to catch as much of that as I could, because these these moments happen in, in an instant. They're they're, they're fleeting, uh, and you only really capture the, the, the looks and the, and the nuances of the pictures um, by taking a lot of frames and picking out the ones that that you know that, that show you the story, that give you the story. Um, and that's and that's what I was doing. And you could really get that feeling, could you, through the camera of the the difficult relations? Because I think a lot of people watch, you know, our, our royal our royal list, our royal fan listeners, you know, were keen for the live stream to start, wanted to see the, you know, wanted to see the royals. They're their main interest rather than sort of the service itself, as nice as as parts of that would be. And particularly at the moment, you know, what there is so much interest in what that relationship is and the rebuilding of that relationship. And you were able to watch it the whole time essentially yeah exactly i mean the whole the whole service really <clears throat> was overshadowed by 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 that relationship you know that everyone looking at that relationship between between the royal party and it, it was pretty obvious that uh, as soon as soon as william and kate turned up there was a very very brief interaction between uh, megan and harry i mean it was fleeting uh, and, and and straight away um they, they turned turned around and he and he spoke to his uncle, um, and Kate didn't even really speak. She just looked ahead and didn't really communicate with anyone. So sitting there, not really having anyone to talk to, not interacting with his brother, um, just you know his eyes were focused ahead. Uh, my favourite photograph is is or the, the image that sticks with me is uh, Williams speaking uh, to his uncle and. Uh, Harry's looking at Meghan, who's looking straight ahead. She's not even looking around at Harry. She's just looking straight ahead into the distance. Harry's looking at her to check she's okay, I guess. Um, and they're, they're both being ignored by, by Kate and William at that point. So pretty, a pretty sad state of affairs, really. Oh, really sad state of affairs. You know, they're just another family. Um, I say just another family. They're not just another family, but their emotions are the same as every, any other human being. Uh, and I know many, many families who have had these kind of issues with brothers marrying, uh, you know, marrying someone and then being uh, that, that person manipulating them away from their family. For whatever reason, I don't understand why it happens, but it's not uncommon. Although the flip side of that is, you know, Harry had spoken previously about leaving, leaving the firm, as it were, and maybe it was finding Meghan that gave him that opportunity. And to a certain extent, we don't, you know, we don't know who was the main driver as such behind the scenes but the you know the coming together has has brought that has brought that about whichever whoever whoever was leading on it in in terms of the queen how did she seem yeah she she was she was on good form you know she was um i saw her chatting to charles and they they had a little bit of a, a giggle together and uh she you know she was smiley at points um but she's she's the queen. She's she's pretty stoic. She she gets on with it, and um, she doesn't really show uh, too much emotion when she's at uh, these things. She just sits there and takes it in. I'm sure she's watching everything that's going on. Um, I think she likes all the pageantry and uh, and enjoys the uh, you know the music and the, and the entertainment that's going on. Um, but um, at the end of the day, you know, she's she spent her life. Uh, being being a role model to the to the rest of the royals, and um, I think they've got a lot to, a lot to live up to. And it sounded like it was a pretty sort of powerful and uplifting address from Anthony Joshua, the you know boxing champion, talking about his sort of Nigerian roots and being British and and the brilliant coming together. And um, were you able to appreciate that while you were while you were shooting as well? Do you know the, the funny thing when when you're when you're when you're taking pictures, you you're it's kind of one dimension. You're kind of concentrating totally on what you're doing. Uh, you don't really notice a lot that's going on around you. So the speeches, the singing, I mean, I obviously heard the singing. I could see who was singing. I photographed it, but I'm really, I'm really zoomed in on, on concentrating on, on, on the images I'm trying to produce. And I'm not really taking in the service itself. That sounds, sounds strange, but yeah, it's, uh, I guess you just shut off to it and you're just really concentrating. The other, the other thing I also was that, 
we we work a system a rotor system and um it means that they every now as 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 these events come up they um they dish out the positions to different people uh, from different uh, organisations. So everyone gets a fair crack of the whip. Everyone gets a chance to, to, to photograph these these big events. And, all, and also the minor events that the Royals attend. Um, Kate went to a school in South London. I, I was give, I was on the road to, for that, luckily. Um, there was the 100th anniversary of the RAF um, a year or so ago. I had the rotor on that. I photographed Kate... Uh, sorry, I photographed uh, Megan and Harry at, at that event as well. So... When you're given these rotors, these rotors, it's uh, it's quite it's, it's quite a privilege to get to, to get to do them, and you also know that you're having to you're you're there supplying images to basically the rest of the world. I mean, you, if you're the only photographer there, your images are the ones that everyone gets. So you've got to do the best job you can, and there's also an issue of speed. Um, so when I'm when I'm up doing this doing these pictures, um, I'm sending from the camera uh, as I take the pictures. Uh, I'm, I'm taking a batch of pictures and then going back through them, picking the best ones I can, sending them straight to the office. And they're on they're on the desk in in minutes, and they're flying around the world within minutes, and uh, they're on websites within minutes. Is it weird seeing your pictures on other websites and newspapers, given that you know you're a proud Daily Mirror photographer and that's your kind of daily daily routine? Yeah, it's 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 good. It's been a long time because I've I've been at the Mirror since '95, and before that I was. Um, I was. I ran. A, I ran an agency. I worked for a few other publications, and um, yeah, I, when I was when I had my agency, I used to we used, used to be great. You know, you, I used to do a lot of sport, and I'd get back pages of, of uh, football matches, and you'd get a couple of publications in different different papers and bylines. Um, and more recently, yeah, it's been it's been Daily Mirror, Daily Mirror, um, which which is fantastic. I mean, I love working for the Daily Mirror. It's um, you know, I get to get, I get to do some great great jobs. I go to some great places. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's all good. And you mentioned that you went to one of the Meghan and Harry engagements last year, I think you just said, um, what was your impression when you saw them then as the, when they, when they were kind of, the, you know, hot new couple with big things expected from them and huge excitement around it all? Yeah, that, you know, she's, she's, she, she's great. You know, she's good looking. She's, uh, very personable. Um, I didn't. I didn't speak to them. I was just there to photograph them, but they were interacting with all the all the other. Um, they were, they were, it was the RAF's hundredth anniversary, and they were interacting with all the different uh, members of, of the RAF. And um, yeah, they were going around chatting. You know, she's a very confident uh, young lady, as is, as is Harry. Harry confident, and uh, yeah, she 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 was great. Um, I, I, I knew the picture was the two of them together. It was it was one of the first or one, you know, one of the earlier pictures of, of them together, and. Uh, I made sure that you know I was in a good good spot when they left the uh, when they left the room to to get the two of them walking out together. Um, otherwise, they were separate. They were talking to different people at different times. So there was a one moment. As a press photographer, you need to you need to work out the best place to be and the right time to be there. And that's that's what press photography is all about. It's not always about the quality of the image or the technical side of it. It's about being in the right place at the right time. And that, that's that's press photography. And it's it's clear that Meghan and Harry are, you know, they they don't want to be part of the Royal Rotor system. That's part of their future. But they do want to continue doing things on the world stage. We're not exactly quite sure what, but they will be, you know, we've seen through this last their sort of farewell visits that they've released various pictures from their private visits um, or had their own photographer with them for the Albert Hall, who's had sort of, you know, the close up, brilliant access and taking probably a different kind of picture compared to a, a press picture. What what do you see as the kind of, I don't know, advantages or disadvantages, both for the royal family and for royal fans or, or royal followers with that change in how they will be photographed well you know i i think they've opened a can a can of worms really um they i think you'll you'll, you'll know yourself that in in the uk there are very strict rules and regs that we can't you know as to what what can be done and what can't be done we have we have a quite a strong regulator in the press and it's it's difficult for you know, for people to to take pictures of them out and about doing their normal thing over here, and 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 sell them. People, do, we know they won't be they, they they won't be published over here. People won't 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 publish them. The papers, the magazines won't publish them. Um, so now they've now they've sort of dropped out of that out of that system, um, and they're they've gone to Canada, and 
you know, I think the speculation is that they're going to end up in LA, which which seems highly plausible because, you know, I think it's quite clear that she's not going to sit in 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 the middle of a of a pine forest in Canada um, when she could be in 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 spotlight in in LA. So it seems they're going to go there, and that's the you know that is the that is the heart of Paparazziville. I mean, they're going to get chased here, there, and everywhere. They're going to be absolutely free game out there. Um, I think it's going to be difficult for them to control. Uh, to control the press out there because it's a free press, um, and they've been, you know, that's 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 where they're going probably, and um, yeah, it's going to be difficult. And in terms of sort of hand picking a photographer who is their photographer as such to cover the events that they do want to go to and they do want to have publicity from, where you, I guess, possibly more portrait photographers rather than press photographers that they've been tending to choose. We've seen um, the photographer who I think took the picture of them with Archie um, meeting the Queen, sort of a private personal photographer, if you like. Um, yeah, look, it's, it's not, it's not, not, not a bad idea. I mean, if they, if they go down that route, they, um, and they issue a regular update of pictures of themselves and of, uh, and of Archie, then they, they, they are going to take the sting out of the value of, of a paparazzi uh, a photograph. There's no doubt about that. Um, if they, if they manage it well, um, then they, they, they could save themselves a lot of trouble because that, that, They'll devalue the price of a picture. But having said that, there are, there are pictures and there are pictures. There, there are PR pictures, which is what they want to release through their uh, Instagram account uh, and to the press. And then there are there are news pictures, um, and there's still going to be a legitimate uh, interest in them going about their, their daily business. I mean, Harry, you know, is, is the son of, of Princess Diana. Uh, he, he's, you know, he's not going to fade away. He's not going to be able to disappear into a log cabin and uh, and live out the rest of his life. He's going to be, he's always going to be in the spotlight. Well, it's going to be very interesting to see what they do, what they do next. Um, have you, before before I let you go, is there any particular royal job that stands out for you as as particularly memorable for either um, I got a great picture or it was great to be there or because something unexpected and hilarious happened? <laughs> uh, well. I don't know if we can mention the uh, the the, the uh, butler at the palace. Oh yes, going back in the day. Yes, tell us about well, the butler at the palace. The butler in the palace. Okay, so uh, so I, I used to uh, I used to a Wednesday night shift on on the paper, and uh, I got a call one Wednesday night to uh, to go and meet up with a young uh, up and coming reporter called Ryan Parry. Um, I wasn't told why I was meeting him, or I was just told where to you know where to go and see him. So I turned up in a dark alley in Chelsea. And uh, and our, our our mirror reporter turned up in an official uh, Rover uh, Royal car, stepped out in all the in all the regalia that, uh, that a butler wears, um, and greeted and greeted me in this dark street, and then proceeded to, to fill me in that he'd got a job as a as a butler for the for, to the to the Queen, and um, in the Royal in, in Buckingham Palace. Uh, and for the next three months, I spent uh, every sort of every day at his beck and call, um, going into town or into Windsor or wherever he might might be that day to take pictures of him, going about his his royal duties um, in 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 the public area. So, you know, there were pictures of him on the back of a of a of a carriage escorting diplomats between uh, the Queen and their diplomatic uh, residences. Um, there was a picture of him, or the most memorable, the one that we really wanted, and we we got at the last last minute was him standing on the balcony where the royal family, you know, it's a well-known place where the royal family stand and, and wave to the crowds during uh, big events. And uh, there was our man Ryan standing there in all his in all his gear, giving me a wave. Um, and that was our that was our front front page. Um, so yeah, that that was that was that was interesting. He, he even got to uh, he even got friendly with the corgi walker. Uh, and got his picture taken with the Queen's Corgi. So, uh, yeah, that was uh, that was a pretty cool job. Uh, and Ryan's gone on to, to yeah to bigger and better things. Um, it was bigger and better than being a butler at Buckingham Palace, but yeah. he's gone on to be a very successful reporter. I think it's fair to say that that is a a story of its of its time and not one that is um, that people can do can do anymore you know that the the media landscape has has changed um and but as as a story at the time it was 
you know it was a huge a huge thing and that pitch that picture of him on the balcony was pretty iconic really and i think it's also why we know that the queen i think has cornflakes in tupperware for breakfast i seem yeah, to I recall seem to rec- to, don't know if we're allowed to speak about that anymore but uh... So I seem to recall that. But anyway, no, that was a, it was a very memorable thing and, uh, wow, something to be a part of for sure. Well, Phil, thank you so much for joining us and talking, telling us about what, uh, what you saw through your camera in Westminster Abbey on that iconic day. And um, hopefully we might speak to you again when you have another royal, interesting royal job in the future. It's been great to talk to you. Thanks, Anne. Thanks for having me. It's been, uh, it's been great, to, uh, great to chat to you. Well, I hope you've enjoyed our patchwork episode of Pod Save the Queen. And thank you ever so much to Daniel Jackson for sorting the technicals and then editing it all together into hopefully listenable fashion. Do let us know what you think of the show. I know it has been very much all about the Meghan and Harry departure and there's a lot of other royal news that has been going on that we haven't really managed to get to. Kate and William's visit to Ireland uh, in particular, plus lots of other goings on. Oh, and the Prince Andrew latest as well with that very strong statement um, from the prosecutor this week in terms of him not being helpful to their inquiries obviously around the Jeffrey Epstein uh, relationship where Prince Andrew continues to deny any allegation of wrongdoing. Um, But we will be back again very soon, I'm sure. Who knows where we will be based and what will be going on in the world. But we will do our very best to keep bringing you all of the royal latest in Pod Save the Queen every week. And in the meantime, you can sign up for the Daily Mirror's Royal Newsletter. You can join the Mirror's Royal Family Updates Facebook group. And if you aren't already, do check us out on Instagram and on Twitter at Pod Save. But thank you very much for listening to us this week. And until next time... Pod Save the Queen! 